gets colder My eyes go thin as I get older Piece in pieces, bloody and bruised I feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left, yelling on the right I'm sitting in the middle trying to live my life This is Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Focus on the Facts. My co-host today is Patricia Negron. She's my partner in crime and taking down the Global Pedophile Network. Trish does an daily newscast every day at noon, every day on Facebook Live with Albert Versailles. It's the best live newscast out there, and I encourage people to tune in to get the latest news every single day. Our special guest today is Kevin Annette. He is a true hero and leader in our battle against the Global Pedophile Network. He is the man behind the global movement to end child trafficking and child torture and also to de-establish the genocidal churches and governments. Kevin is also an award-winning filmmaker and author who works with victims of church violence and genocide all over the world, and he was nominated for the No Male Priest Prize in 2013, 2014, and 2015. In his two books, Unrelenting and Murder by Decree, Kevin traces the origin of genocide in Canada and globally, and he found all roads lead back to the Vatican. Kevin co-founded the International Tribunal into Crimes of Church and State and the International Common Law Court of Justice in Brussels. The Common Law Court has brought two legal cases against the Vatican, the Crown of England, Canada, and its churches for crimes of genocide, child sacrifice, and trafficking, and they successfully convicted all of the defendants for crimes against humanity. So let's bring him on now and get the latest details on his global efforts and the upcoming events to take place over the next few months, including his attempt to enforce the standing arrest warrants against Pope Francis on June 21st in Geneva. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Hi, Evelyn. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to have you on. I'm so proud that uh, to get you back on here the last time... Uh, you were going to be on. I think it was the time they knocked the whole PRN network off for the whole day. Oh, yeah. And, well, uh, that's happening a lot these days, for sure. Right, right. Trish, you there? I am. Yes. I'm, well, welcome to the show. I'm, I'm real excited about um, what you, the upcoming events you have coming up, Kevin. Want to tell us a little bit about what's yeah, going on here? Um, well, as people know, if you're following our website, itccs.org, for uh, almost half a year now, there's been a campaign in the works that'll be happening in at least nine countries. And it's called Operation Atonement. It's an attempt to not just confront these churches, the Vatican, the Church of England, and others for their crimes, but to actually legally, financially, politically disestablish them. Doing things like um, having their tax-exempt status revoked, going to the insurance companies to provide protection for these churches and, and get that canceled, hitting them where it hurts, which is, you know, in their bank account. And we're finding already that even just raising that threat, it's getting them in a real panic. Uh, one example of that is um, in Dublin in August, uh, Pope Francis is showing up to conduct what's called the um, uh, a three or four day conference on the family. Well, these conferences on the family are really fronts 
for the child trafficking networks that operate within the Catholic Church. There was one in Philadelphia. They're often tied into the Ninth Circle ritual um, ceremonies involving children in that. So um, we, we found out at this conference, it used to be open. Now it's all closed by invitation only, special invitation. Um, they're very a lot more conscious now of the fact that there's a, there's a limelight on their or their corporation uh, for its criminal activities. So it's definitely having an impact. We're asking people to start by not giving money, not attending these churches. You can see a lot of this information, including pledge forms, leaflets, and that to run off right at our website, itccs.org. Wow, that's really exciting. That's really yeah, but it, so what did they say that this family conference is about, supposedly? Well, just What's like in Philadelphia, they present it as, an, as a way to uphold uh, so-called Catholic values on the family. There's a big uh, referendum happening in Ireland uh, as we speak on whether or not to legalize abortion. Uh, but really, it's a smokescreen, uh, you know, for the church to try to shut down any... Uh, examination of its history, its policy. It's very ironic that the Catholic Church would, would pose as a pro-life organization when it has more blood on its hands than any organization in history and is oh, yeah. directly involved in the continued trafficking and killing of children. So, um, you know, it, do you it's, know what kind of, it, it's a front, it, very much. It's just a front. Do they have press? And, like, do you know what kinds of individuals attend? Uh, is it just church members or... Do they bring in interesting outside parties as well? Well, yeah, this present Pope Francis, he's a spin doctor. He is reaching out uh, and, and trying to, um, you know, bring, basically bring the other churches, the Protestant churches and the, the other non-Catholic churches back into the fold of Rome. Um, one of the ways he's doing that is on June 21st, I think Evelyn mentioned this in the introduction, June 21st, he's been invited to speak at the World Council of Churches uh, gathering in, in Geneva, and on that's on summer solstice. It's a high point in the satanic uh, calendar. Geneva is right. also a center of, of satanic activity in the world, um, and we believe that there could be nine circle killings at that event. Uh, oh, again, it's behind this so-called economic uh, unity. They're really get trying to get the church on board to um, support their criminal net and give them more kind of camouflage. Wow, interesting. So, is so is there an event planned by by you for that? Then is that what you're going to try and start enforcing some of these? Um, Citizen arrest, or what do you expect to happen? There? Well, there is a group in Zurich. Uh, I'm, I'm one of the field agents for the the International Tribunal of Crimes of Church and State. There's three field agents in the world that work on this stuff in Europe. But there is an, a group in uh, Zurich that is organizing a, a protest and a counter conference. Uh, there's an attempt, yes, very much, There, you know, as you know, there's standing arrest warrants against uh, the present uh, Jorge Bagardo, so-called Pope Francis, uh, Joseph Ratzinger, former Pope Benedict, hiding out at the Vatican because of standing arrest warrants against him. Um, and, 
you know, Bergoglio, the present so-called pope, is himself very implicated in the whole history of child trafficking, going back to the, when he was priest in Argentina during the Dirty War, right. when he was a frontman for the military junta there. Um, and so we're, we're really uh, trying to continue to put the pressure on um, to let people see that these are ongoing crimes, simply about genocide that you Kevin, you're breaking up some. Um, is that is that because you're on Skype? I am on Skype. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, do you want me to repeat anything? Just the last, just the last part. What you said. Well, just to show people that these are ongoing crimes. This is not about something that happened 50 or 100 years ago, but it's it's a very large global industry of child trafficking, and the Catholic Church is one of the main perpetrators. And you know, the front uh, front group for a lot of this stuff, because a lot of people in the world naively think that the churches have something to do with humanitarian activity, and that's just a smokescreen for these other crimes. Right. Right. Well, you know, I get so angry anymore. I get angry when I when I see people going to the Catholic Church and giving them money. You know, it's like by now, it's not like that the people don't know what's going on. I mean, they paid out over four billion dollars to victims, the Vatican, and that to me, they're, they're giving money to them. They're just supporting this pedophile gang. They're just paying money to pay off the victims. They are. Yeah, they're under international law or. You know, domestic law, if you fund a, a convicted criminal body like the Vatican, you're complicit in a crime. You're opening yourself up to prosecution because, um, you know, it's like helping hide the murder weapon or, or give give uh, aid and comfort to somebody who's a killer. Uh, it doesn't make any difference that the killer happens to be a big corporation. It, the, the law applies, but the, the trouble is that the governments are deeply implicated with the Vatican centuries uh, in these oh, absolutely. so of course nobody wants to nobody at that level is willing to do that, that's why we the people have to take these actions well, I think yeah. people have I think people have stopped going to the Catholic Church many people yeah the attendance is really falling off uh, reports for example from Ireland one of the more so called loyal Catholic nations is that Church attendance there is probably 90% less than it was a, a couple of generations ago. Um, really? And interesting news item a few months ago, uh, well, just two months ago, Bergoglio had to go to pay a visit to Chile, another supposedly loyal Catholic nation, because a lot of people there were protesting. Mapuche um, Indians of Chile had burned down several Catholic churches because of the church stealing their land, taking their children like they do all over the world. And Bergoglio uh, went there, to, and he lost his cool. He was screaming at protesters. I mean, it, his whole liberal facade is falling away. And I, I, I think you're right, very much the, the support of the church is falling away, and yet they continue to retain you know, billions of dollars, uh, tax exemptions, direct subsidies from governments. Uh, they're deeply implicated in the arms industry and a lot of corporate activity. So, you know, it's it's uh, that ongoing problem. Right. Mm. Do you, how do you, how much, um, are you at all familiar with the Nexium cult situation, Kevin? No. no. 
you ha- I was wondering, I was going to ask you, we don't, I don't want to change the subject, but I, I was just wondering if there was a connection there because it appears that the cult is directly tied to billionaires, including the Bromsman sisters. They're the Seagram heiresses, as well as the Rothschilds. Um, directly, so I, I I had wondered. I think they were they have a preschool. Um, I think it might be a regular school as well, where they groom and um, traffic children brought into it. And one is in London that's now under investigation. And there's also one in Miami, Florida, in Debbie Wasserman Schultz's district that. Uh, just got, I think it was shut down for, it didn't have a license to be operating. So um, I imagine they're connected somewhere in there, but uh, I just wanted to mention that in case there was something pertinent. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Well, I, I wasn't aware of that. Um, it's, it's kind of funny, though, that the it, it's significant what we've learned over the years is that at those levels of elite in government and business and in the church, um, they're all very much tied together. It's kind of like, you know, when you go to court, lawyers pretend to defend one, one, uh, one person against another. They pretend to take sides and then they go out and drink together and it's an old boys club. At the level right. of politics and high finance and that, people who really run the world, who own the world, may not run it, but they own it. Um, they, it, it's very much that way they, too. There aren't Republicans and Democrats. Uh, there, you know, it's it's one elite, and they're they're feeding off people very much. They use children. They they destroy nations and people with impunity. And we have to kind of overcome our own divisions. You know, we the people, and recognize that enemy for what it is. And child trafficking and, and these crimes occur by the elites of every nation, frankly, from what we found. It's it's massive. Yeah. Well, I see the Pope is out there now uh, begging the people in Chile to uh, forgive him for calling them liars a couple months yeah. ago. <laughs> well, well, he has he his own, a lot of skeletons in his closet. He's very hypersensitive. That's the thing we find with these people. You can get poke them very easily because they know they're guilty. And, right. um, you know, he uh, he's uh, his own priests have, have, have named him as somebody who was um, directly involved in trafficking children of political prisoners being held in the jails of the military government. It was a junta in the 1980s when they were killing over 30,000 of their own people. Bergoglio got in bed with, with the junta. He was going around the world talking about what a great humanitarian government they were and that... Um, Trafficking the children, just like they did in Spain under the Franco dictatorship, the Catholic Church has made billions of dollars out of the child trafficking industry. Sure, sure. And then um, what do you hear about what's now tomorrow they're going to decide if uh, Cardinal George Pell has a jury trial or not over in Australia? And he's doing the same thing as Pope Francis did down in Chile. His lawyers are in court arguing that these these victims are making this all up just to smear the Cardinal in the Vatican. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, the thing about Pell that's interesting is that now and then the the, the Vatican and, and these uh, big corporate actors, they have to throw one of their own to the wolves to make it seem like they're 
they're, you know, trying to get to the bottom of, of this stuff. And the thing about George Pell is that he, there's there's two major factions in the Vatican, one around the Ratzinger, kind of the old guard, European, Italian cardinals, and then the other around Bergoglio, the present so-called Pope. Um, and when you see somebody being targeted like that, it's like one faction going after the other. But it's, it's you know, it's the same criminal body, really, the same criminals. So um, they always tend to make deals with, with the, the governments and the courts where in return for a um, uh, very limited sentence, like they, they basically will, he won't do any jail time. The church does a, a pretense that, you know, they're going to reprimand him. This present Pope Francis brought in a new set of rules saying that whenever uh, uh a church official is caught like that, they will be tried in a church court, not a civil court. So there, there'll be a deal worked out. And there's a standing policy, as people may or may not know, within the Catholic Church saying when children are raped, the police are not to be told. That's a policy coming right out of the Pope's office. So, you know, it, it's a criminal conspiracy from top to bottom. Right. But I thought they were really getting to the bottom of things in that court in Australia, but no, huh? Well, it's kind of like um, they ha- what we found in Canada, for example, when we the, the trial started about the murders and the genocide and tortures in, in the Indian residential schools. Not a single church employee ever even went to trial because they indemnified themselves. The churches and governments legally indemnified themselves and said no one will be prosecuted and in return will give some limited money and, and compensation and a verbal apology and then we're off the hook. And the native leaders are all government payroll. They all went along with it. Well, it's the same game that goes on at that level with the church. So, well, now May first is when they're supposed to say if he's going to have a jury trial. Well, I can't believe that they won't have a jury trial. It depends. You know, it depends if the Vatican considers him expendable or not. Then they'll allow it. I mean. You know, one of the first times I went to Italy, I w- we gave a presentation in 2010 to um, a group of Italian senators about the genocide in Canada. And um, one of the senators took me aside and said, what you have to understand is that the government here, the Italian government, the mafia, the Vatican, they're all the same people. And they only have one concern, their money. And um, you're never going to prosecute the Vatican because they fund every political party Every major political party of every major country in the world gets Vatican funds. Um, you notice Bergoglio came and spoke to the U.S. Senate. Well, right. you, you know, it, it's it's like it's so thoroughly funded and corrupted that it's 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 ludicrous to even talk about justice. It's uh, called a show. Are you still there, Kevin? Uh, you're breaking up a little bit again, I think. That's why, you know, it's it's a rigged deck, and that's why we've had to start the common law court movement to say, you know, we have to take action ourselves. We, the people, make the citizen arrest, bring these criminals to trial, and it, we, we've proven it has an impact when we force the resignation of Ratzinger and three other top officials. Yeah, explain that. I don't think, you know, a lot of my listeners don't understand that. Go ahead and explain that, how that happened. Well, it was several years process, um, and it was based on a lot of the hard evidence we'd already accumulated in Canada, showing a long history of, uh, you know, 
to the fact that there was a policy as far back as 1929 saying that um, that when children were harmed by the Catholic Church, no one was ever to be told. And it wasn't just, you know, sexual assault, but any form of violence, murder, anything, ex medical experimentation. It was all to be covered up. Uh, we brought all that evidence before a bona fide court that was convened in Brussels. The court case went on over six months. And it indicted and convicted, uh, Rat, you know, Pope Benedict, Queen of England, Stephen Harper, the Prime Minister of Canada, 30 church and state officials. Four of those church officials who were named in the indictment all resigned in the wake of that trial. Ratzinger, uh, Secretary of State Bertoni, head of the Jesuits, John and Cardinal Sean Brady in Ireland, all direct participants in the Ninth Circuit. So are there warrants out for, for these royals and stuff, too? Oh, yeah. Uh, the royals of Europe deeply implemented this stuff. It goes back many centuries. Uh, you know, it, go to the ITCCS.org website, you'll see interviews with eyewitnesses with party ceremonies. See the Dutch, the Belgian, the British royal families all participate. It's, it's mind-boggling to people who aren't in that world, but literally there is no uh, there's no limits on what these people do. Right. Well, now, um, they're saying that, that, that the Pope is to perform, I'm reading this title for this article, the Pope Francis to perform child sacrifice on June 21st. Is that true? He'll definitely be a participant. Uh, the, the thing that about the it goes back from Vatican documents that were released in the course of the court uh, trial uh, in 2012-2013. Uh, there was reference to the Ninth Circle as far back as the 1700s. It was used as a means, we believe it was set up by the Jesuits as a means of politically controlling popes. Uh, and and Anne-Marie von Bienberg, who is an eyewitness, says that at one of these uh, ritual outside uh, Brussels, the forest, witness to. She was there. She was a top lawyer in Belgium. She was there on false pretenses. And then when she saw what was going on, they had it on film and they blackmailed that they released her participation and she jail unless she cooperated. They they use the same thing within the church all the time as a form of blackmail and control. And um, that's why every standing pope is expected to take part in these things, um, either directly or indirectly. And, you know, again, there's eyewitnesses, references from insiders about this, how this thing operates. Well, the pope is doing all kinds of weird things now. Isn't he, isn't he trying to disavow the Bible? Doing what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I said, isn't he trying to disavow the Bible now, Pope Francis? Oh, well, I mean, the Catholic Church has always disavowed the Bible. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, really? Um, oh, I mean, they use it. They've had to pay lip service to it. You see, the thing about the Vatican is that it's like a big octopus. It continually absorbs everything into itself. It's like, as the descendant of the Roman Empire, it's a global... Is the oldest corporation on the planet, and, and it has this globalist view that everything has to. It, they stand by the policy of um, uh, Pope Innocent in, in 1302 when he passed the papal bull Unum Sanctum, 
which says there's no salvation outside the Catholic Church, and the Pope has life and death power over every human being on the planet. That is their standing policy. They don't believe in God, they believe in the Pope as a divine character. Because the Roman Emperor was that same... Um, the Romans had a term for the Emperor, going back to the 4th century. Um, Dies et Dominus, uh, Master and God. So, ruler of heaven and earth. That's what the Pope is seen, like the Roman Emperor. There's no room in that for Christ or God. It, it's, you see, it, it's, it's a big deception, and it has so many people fooled by the language. But when you look past the, the appearance into what they do, um, and, and what they really believe, then it's, it's pretty clear that they, they are not a Christian organization. They don't believe in Christ. They believe in the Pope as a divine character, as the interpreter of God for humanity. Right. Yeah. Right. So he's going to judge us all, huh? <laughs> it's kind of, don't you think it's kind of strange that these these people who are so immersed in crime are also seen as the ones who are going to kind of uh, tell us about God and divinity? I mean, doesn't that seem strange? I think they're really telling you about another character, Satan. Right. <laughs> but wait, now didn't he just say too? There is no help, Pope Francis. Yeah, well, he it, it's he's been making very bizarre remarks, even by by Catholic standards, and um, <laughs> it's um, I don't know. Yeah, the Lord's Prayer thing, like the and and um, he's well, you know, what I thought of, he's he's like the ultimate Luciferian deception, right? The complete inverse of. He, he, by all appearances, he's the inverse of, you know, evil when in fact he embodies it. So it's like the, the ultimate deception, and it kind of speaks to because, as you said, the, the history goes so far back. I homeschooled my three sons, and when we, I'm Catholic actually. I grew up Catholic anyway, and when we went back and studied, you know, the Crusades and what really went on. Um, with the looting and pillaging and burning of mosques and genocide, along with the looting of the wealth, um, it was—it just left us all, <laughs> you know, stunned yep. at how yet the church is today viewed as such, you know, so romanticized. You know, historically speaking, it's just horrifying. Well, that's an important point, what you mentioned, uh, because just before the Crusades, Pope Urban, who in, in 1095, he launched the First Crusade, and he brought a thing in called an indulgence. And what it said was, anyone who committed crime, killed on behalf of the church, was restored to a state of spiritual innocence. He had his sins wiped away, and he became cleansed again um, by killing for the church. Um, of course, it's an older idea. It comes from, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for, uh, it's kadash in Hebrew. It means both to sanctify and to sacrifice. So the, you make something pure by sacrificing something or someone else. Jesus on the cross, uh, a ch used to be child sacrifices, still is. Um, you know, it, it, it's this idea that somebody has to suffer and die for another to be cleansed. And, and that runs deeply thousands of years, years back. But they formalized that in the indulgence doctrine that said you kill on behalf of the church 
and it's good for you. It's good for you spiritually. It's good for the one you're killing because they're they're not allowed to live in a state of sin outside the church. It's this whole homicidal doctrine oh. posing as as God's will, and it's it's the most destructive thing. By their fruits, you'll know them. Just do the body count over the centuries. Right. And and, and what does that have to do with the teachings of Jesus of Nazareth? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, see, I don't, I don't have the religious background that you two have. Like, I, I dropped out of uh, any organized religion oh, many, many, many years ago. That uh, I was raised half Catholic and half Protestant. My mother was Protestant. My father was Catholic. And back in those days, I was born in 1950, Catholics and Protestants weren't supposed to marry. And supposedly, my mother had to agree to raise us children Catholic when she married my father. Well, that didn't work out that way. <laughs> uh, I went to Sunday school on, on Sundays, and I went to catechism during the week. Well, I got, so I didn't want to go to the Catholic Church anymore, because um, it was kind of eerie back then. It was dark, and it was, smelled like incense, and the nuns had the full outfits on, you know, and I'd spend most of my time looking at the nuns, wondering if they had hair underneath those, those you know, those, uh, whatever they were on their head, you know. And then... Um, what turned me away, I probably was only six or seven years old, and, and I was walking down the hall after catechism, and the, this nun came up, and she kneeled down, and she knew I went to the Protestant church, too. And she kneeled down, and, and she told me, um, you know, I shouldn't go to that Protestant church because God isn't in that Protestant church. And, and as this little girl, six or seven, I'm looking at her, and I'm thinking, that's not true. God is in my church, and I don't want to go anymore. That turned me right out, and that was the end so I was only probably six or seven, and I quit going to to catechism. Well, you know, it's in the in the U.S. Constitution, they, the very first um, amendment, I believe, it it, it talks about uh, government should not oppose a religion, nor shall it prevent a practice of a religion. Right? It basically has no position about people's religious beliefs. It's a personal matter. Well, right. then how come? All these churches, especially the Vatican, is is getting so much government funding and support and tax breaks. They should have a neutral policy, and they certainly shouldn't allow church leaders to come and speak to Congress. I mean, all of that is 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 really unconstitutional in America. It's kind of going against the whole idea of the republic, which is that they got away from the old European idea of religious intolerance and oppression in the name of God, right? And you just see it all over. Well, did, do you see where they're trying to um, stop the sale of the Bible in California? Oh, you mean, uh, yeah, well, it, I think it's part of the whole trend. Uh, well, it's part of the transgender business. Right. That movement, yeah. And, and they're going to allow them to do this? Well, you know, it's... It, I don't know. It, people nowadays, it's it, it's like we're seeing all of these things happening, and we've got to step back and look at the whole picture, which is that the whole idea of genocide is you wipe everybody out who's different, and you make everybody the same. And really, we see that happening everywhere. You know, this kind of whole global corporate culture. You're not allowed to be different anymore. So is that why they're trying to turn everybody into yeah. a he she? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much more insane this world can get, I'll tell you. Yeah. But 
this business now of, of stopping the Bible because it's, I guess, it, I guess it's because, you know, it says in there it's a man and a woman and everything. And they won't make allowances for the he-she freaks. Well, if you want to control people, you've got to destroy any natural bonds they have with each other. And um, that starts that starts with your own identity self. Um, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, um, have you seen lately too about uh, the sex education that's being taught in the United States? How the protests are coming up about that? I haven't seen the latest. No. There are protests, Evelyn. You're saying I've seen. Uh, well, I had seen there some really graphic <laughs> information about you know sex education for very young children and handling materials that would not be appropriate for someone their age to be handling. And uh, I, it's just it's this whole thing. I never really thought about it before. I mean, I guess I noticed it and would remark on it, but I just recently it struck me how much. Um, like the sex has permeated everything in our culture and just these very bizarre notions of sex and relationships and and I, I guess I I had not really perceived how to what extent those images and messaging had been influencing uh, our behavior over time, but I mean, it's all about programming and desensitization and all of that. And it, it makes perfect sense when you reflect on it. But you know, even when you're looking at it, you don't necessarily even see those things going on. And again, it's why is it we feel so helpless to do anything? You know, we should be in the streets, jumping up and down about this stuff. Well, well, you're right, exactly. It starts in your own neighborhood. And and, uh, uh, you mentioned two of my books, but I've I've written actually um, eight in the last two, two and a half years. And some of the other books involve how to do exactly that. Um, One's a common law training manual where it shows citizens how they can convene common law courts, um, bring indictments against people when the courts and the sort of implicated crime would be the. You know, the Founding Fathers said that. That's what the whole idea in the Constitution was. The grand jury system and and your constitutional right to a common law jury trial, that's right in the Constitution. You know, Americans with their county sheriffs who are elected by the local community, you're well-placed to put these things into practice. So there's that book that describes it, the common law training manual, and, and other things related. Just put my name, Kevin Annett. Uh, into Amazon.com and you'll see all the books come up. You know, Kevin, to that point, I I was really excited about it when you mentioned it the last time uh, we were on together with Evelyn. And one of the things that has struck me since then is um, that the people who are most active in committing these crimes and the high-profile ones that we can't seem to get to all appear to live in these districts where the sheriffs are completely corrupted, even though they're elected, 
supposedly locally. They're they're owned, like we've seen in Las right. Vegas, right? Yeah. And also in Debbie Wasserman Schultz's district. And we see it in the Eastern District of New York, or excuse me, the Southern District of New York. I mean, I, I was really discouraged when I came to realize realize that these sheriffs are funded, their campaigns are funded in the same way that the, you know, our state and federal congressional members are. Yeah, it, it's kind of like proving Thomas Jefferson's uh, prophecy that he said, unless America had a revolution every 20 years, it'll die. The republic will yeah. die. And he's saying every new we generation have. has to reinvent, shouldn't look to the past, should reinvent itself. And that what that means in practice is you you overthrow the existing institutions. It doesn't mean it has to happen violently, but you replace right. them with with what the original vision in the American Republic was, was that self-governance. People gather in local communities, establish their own assemblies, their own courts, their own citizen militias to guard, safeguard their rights in their community. And in this case, the, right, the, the lives of children who are the future, are our future. And without that local governance, um, there is no America, there is no republic. It, it's it's not about an, ele an elective system, it's about people governing themselves. And that's very different than marking a ballot every few years. You know? Right, right, yeah. Well, you know, this bit about the sex education in schools, I don't know how this ever got in there to begin with. And I'll tell you, um, they, they voted out in California, they voted a law that kids, that the parents can't uh, take their kids out of those classes. Right. And I mean, the kind of stuff that they're that. teaching, Kevin, is horrible. I mean, they're teaching yeah. fifth graders how to have anal sex and use sex toys. And the latest was they even tell them to use vegetables. As sex toys. Oh my God! I didn't even oh, know yes. what this stuff was until I was an adult. I know it's just—it's unbelievable. <laughs> my kids are horrified by what they're teaching. I have two teenagers who went through the program in high school. They didn't have to go through it at a younger age because I homeschooled them. But even then, they're just like the whole gender thing. They were like, it, yeah. there were like 18 choices, and they were both saying they had no idea. They're like, I'm a guy. I like girls. Like, what? <laughs> you know, why? Is, what is gender, like masculine, no, male masculine something or other, or male feminine something? Or, it was just crazy how many yeah. different permutations it took on. And they're like, it's a public school system. No. Well, not only that, that we've we've had reports in England, for example, others they challenged them. Visited by psych uh, social workers and police, and are um, labeled psychiatrically unbalanced, and they had their children taken from them uh, because they're fixated on certain issues. There's a fixated threat law; it's called in England, where you can be sectioned as a psychiatric case uh, simply for ra for protesting these things and objecting to how the curriculum that children are being given. So wow. it's it's definitely part of that That's whole... terrifying. You know, well, well in California, you know, this is where it's really big. And um, it's like, I don't know why those people in California have not thrown them, thrown them, those senators and representatives out of office. 
I mean, they're also there. They're the ones that do the mandatory vaccines and forcing parents to poison their very own children with these vaccines. And now this sex education and not let them take their kids out of this filthy sex education. Oh, man. Well, I don't know what's happened well, to parents. Evelyn, what, what the, the big problem is is that people are brainwashed from a young age to think that electing somebody, marking a ballot, is a form of action. And in fact, it's surrendering your authority. And people only think that that's the only option to have. And if the elected representative ignores them, they f- they're they disempowered and they think, well, there's nothing else we can do. It's set up to disempower people. We have to kind of change the way people think about this whole thing and say, it's not about somebody else doing it for you. It's about us doing it for ourselves. That's the only way things right. ever change. Sure. Well, I said back in my day, in school that my kids went to, that filth would have never got in there. I'll guarantee you. I would have thought to that personally. That I don't know what's wrong with parents, but I think there are some mind control and stuff that they don't get it, that they have the power to stop this. They, they do. The system is actually I mean, more case, vulnerable when you take action against it, uh, but they're just hoping people won't. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had a, they had worldwide uh, protests, because other countries, too, I guess, have this filthy sex education in their schools, too. And they had protests. Uh, there's a, a definite... I see it all over that there's a, a definite rising awareness about all this stuff, and um, you know people are very they realize you know. Well, I tell, tell people when I see this, this them teaching them to have anal sex and enjoy it and all this. I I was born in 1950. I never even knew anything about anal sex till I was 19 years old was the first time I yeah, even yeah, heard I it. Yeah, discussing something like that is just totally inappropriate at that age. My God, at any age. Yeah, I'm, but, well, so what do you see as the big next milestone for you? Is it this June 21st event, or, Kevin, or or June 1st? Wait, there's the one on the 1st, right? Kevin? Well, those are, you know, significant. Yeah. Sorry, you were breaking up there. Oh, sorry. I didn't know if you were still on. Those are significant events for sure, but... um... Shoot, now Kevin's breaking up. Yeah, you're breaking up. You got cut off again. Wow. Sorry, you were breaking up. I didn't hear you. So those are the Um, big events coming up? Yeah, those those are important, but... What we always say to people is um, the real events have to happen in your community. You have to start this process on the ground. This is a grassroots thing. That's the only way things change. So I often say to people, don't look to somebody else to do it. Um, It's got to happen where you are. And any change that's happened has been because of that direct action that builds over time. But these are, this is a kind of a long-term process and we have to keep the view on this that we're talking you've about been working at this how long kevin kevin how many years have I'm you sorry. been working at how many years have you been working at this uh 25 25 nice years. although you know you could see in my life i've been doing this for a long time but specifically on this campaign no it's been about that long right right and these are the things that people don't understand you know kevin puts in all this time and effort and stuff. You don't get paid for this stuff. This is, you know, this no. is a fight. 
against the Satanists, and, and uh, it's the worst fight of our, our life. And in your life, you must have seen it get worse in 25 years, Kevin. In some ways. Um, mm. I've, I've seen both things happen. I've seen um, it get worse in the sense that it's intensified. Um, but what's getting better is the fact that the those, I wouldn't say more people are active, but those who are, are a lot clearer about things than they were before. They, they understand more of the bigger picture now, I'd say. Right, right. I don't think many of us realize this is global. You know? Yeah. Over the whole globe. Well, you know what, what, what finally cemented me into this battle against, against this pedophile network? was those Hampstead kids in England, in the U.K. When I listened to them, oh, yeah. and, I, and I got the whole grasp of how horrible this was, what they were doing to these children, and it was yeah. like, oh, my God, this has to stop. You know, and, and I almost had the mother was going to come on, focus on the facts, and then the Internet screwed it up, and came time, and I couldn't get her on, and I haven't heard from her since. But those children's testimony was what cemented my belief that we have to stop this, what they're doing to us. There is no way those kids could have known what they knew. Right, um, right. Otherwise. No. No way. You know, they told about their tattoos and their warts and everything else. All they had to do was go to them schools and look at and examine them people. There was no way that they could have known about those warts and tattoos and everything on their private parts if they hadn't seen them. You know? No, I don't know where those kids are now. Do you, Kevin? No, Kevin? I mean, you know, the, the reality don't is think? that's the tip of the iceberg. There's, you know that uh, so people, said, people said that that little girl was used in a commercial for the Super Bowl, and I looked at that picture and stuff, and it sure did look like her. That's how blatant they are pushing this stuff in our faces. I think they're still with the father. Uh, my understanding is that she, the mother was the one, they ended up taking the children away from her and returning them to the dad, was my understanding. Yeah. And I think that, that hurts more than anything when you see that happen. Yeah. When you yeah. for these kids and everything, and then you see the, the governments and stuff do this, give yep. them back. Oh. <laughs> I'm reminded perfect. of the woman, was it uh, Lithuania? where this ju- this poor girl tells her father that she's been horribly abused by these very wealthy, powerful men. He goes to the police to um, file a report and then winds up getting killed. The police comes and this one, um, there were a whole bunch of police officers with this uh, social worker who attempted to literally rip the child out of her mother's arms to return to take, and I don't remember where she was being brought, but um, they managed, a bunch of the neighbors came out and intervened to protect the child, which they left at that time. But then, I kid you not, a bunch, there's several different um, people caught video of this, literally, about 250 police officers descended on this family's home. There probably there weren't more than a thousand residents 
in this town. But they brought 250 police to tear this girl away from her mother and take her to wherever they took her. And now the judge who dared um, sentence the uh, abuser had to flee for her life. She's now, and she's under threat of extradition for being prosecuted, for, for having convicted this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's I mean, that it's, same pattern we find all over the place, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, the, this so is why the fight is part. so hard, that we're fighting the government. Yeah. They're involved in this, and in the media, too. Huh? Yeah. They're all involved in it. I mean, I view this as yep. a battle against the devil That's true. that we're fighting. That we're fighting the Satanists, and, and this is the end. Whoever wins, you know, will exist. But uh, this is a fight of our lifetime. Well, fortunately, that, huh, Kevin? Yeah, fortunately, there's a, I very much believe, there's a higher power at work, and their days are limited, definitely. And I think they know it. Well, you know, they tried to kill me last Sunday, a week ago Sunday, Kevin. Set up a car accident. This car to ram right into my car. I should have been. I should have been dead. If it would have been a foot further, that we probably, me and my boyfriend probably would have been dead. But um, now, now I'm not going out of this house. I rarely do go out of this house, but only to sneak to the grocery store and everything. And I tried to sneak to the grocery store a week ago Sunday, and uh, and I was almost killed. <laughs> and the and the same thing. If I would have been hurt, there was only one cop that came, and that's another indicator that, uh, you know, she was in on it, too. And if they would have took me to the hospital, if I wasn't dead, I would have never came out. I'd have been another Seth Rich, you know, that uh, I went in there injured, but I wouldn't have came out. So I'm not going out of this house now at all until the cabal comes down. And they hate me so much because I've been on this campaign to end this global pedophile network. I mean, they hate me anyhow. I mean, I've written between three and 400 articles in my investigative career, and since 2003, and I mean, I come down on every industry. They all hate me. But um, this one I've been on for three years now, nonstop. Every, every show I have on Focus on the Facts is focused on it and everything. And all day on my Facebook, that's all I post. And so they want me out. They want my mouth shut. And they almost succeeded, but they failed. Somebody intervened. I'm glad you're okay. They had to be the well, guy Well, I'm hopeful, too, that this... Go ahead. I was just going to say I'm hopeful, too, that this um, this Nexium case with the with Allison Mack, the actress, and it tying to the Rothschilds, there's a Clinton connection with the Clinton, Clinton Foundation. Foundation and then also directly to Obama as well. Um, it's, you know, I'm hopeful. It's raising awareness, at least, but uh, that one of the problems we saw with that case is that the charges were brought in the... Um, Eastern District of New York under a judge that is fighting Trump on the um, on the on DACA, I think it is, and it, it belongs in the Northern District. So they're trying to get a change of venue, but I'm not sure how that happened. And um, you know, it doesn't bode well. These cases always seem to die in once they reach the court system so well i have high hopes that this is the case that's going to bring down the elites because we've tied so many that are involved in it that um right i'm hoping this is this is the case what do you think kevin do you think um trump is for real on really is he for real and wanting to 
stop this child sex trafficking? No, no, I think that that's no. wishful thinking. No, I, you, you know, it, it's you, you can't be involved at that level of money and power and not be implicated in this. It's like when you're a, a f official within the Catholic Church, you don't get into any position of authority unless you enforce the policy of crimin solicitanus. You you protect the child rapist, you don't tell the police, you you keep everybody quiet. Um, and, and it's the same at the level of governmental power. I mean, it's, it's, it's really absurd to think somebody's in that position and is not implicated in these things. It's, it, it's just, I, I think, you know, people used to have the same wishful thinking about Obama, right? It depends on your political Never you know, me. attitude, but <laughs> it's the same illusion that these people in, in power are somehow going to help us. It, it's not proven in practice, right, that that happens. Whoever gets elected as president very soon you know, they start playing the, the 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 game of the military. They keep funding massive military, you know, involvements all over the world. The military corporate system runs who is ever as president. It's all about big money, and you know, I guess that's self-evident. You know, when you look at the situation, I think. Well, I was I was um, impressed by him having that executive order where he freezes all the assets of all the people that get arrested for child trafficking. And he's taken down some pretty big, frozen some pretty big assets. Well, the, here's I, the thing. I was um, <laughs> Politically, both sides use the issue of child rape, pedophilia, etc. as a political. And you've got to really look at who it's being aimed at, who's going to profit from it. it it's... it's you know, it isn't simply some humanitarian act. There's a reason, you know, for this happening politically. And you have to look into it, you know, to find that out. Well, the one thing, though, about, I, I would say, though, is I have not, personally, I have not encountered another high-level political figure that has ever confronted child sex trafficking the way he has. So I guess I, I would, I don't, I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion that um, the system is so entrenched that getting any justice without a massive, like, gutting of our, of that system will ever see prosecutions, though. And I, I don't know that it's not for lack of willpower. I think it's got more to do with the sheer enormity and um, depth to which this these interests have sunk their claws uh, into into the court justice system. So uh, that's my biggest concern. Well, yeah, so many in the justice uh, system are all involved in it, too. Yeah, they, they actively protect it. Yeah. <coughs> so... Where are you at now, Kevin? Where? Yeah. Oh well, I'm I'm traveling. What country? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now you've had a lot of things happen to you too, haven't you? We're going to get cut off soon, but before we do, I want to thank you so much, Kevin. You are such a hero. I just oh, I'm so proud that you agreed to come back on. Um, but thank yeah, you. I should. I, I just want ahead. to announce too for. Folks who don't know, I do a uh, blog radio show on Sundays. Um, oh, right, it's right. called Here, Here We Stand, 
It's 6 p.m. Eastern Time. BBSradio.com slash radio. Or, I'm sorry, that's the old one. <laughs> BBSradio.com slash here we stand. That's one word. BBSradio.com slash here we stand. Sundays, 6 p.m. Eastern. Great, great. Now, you've had a lot of things happen to you, too. There's been a lot of attempts on your life over the years, hasn't there, Kevin? Well, they they don't really need to kill somebody if they've isolated and discredited them socially. It's it's better, oh, yeah. you know, killing people is a last resort. They don't want to make martyrs. They want to discredit people. So they've done everything short of that. Um, it, it's, you know, often worked very effectively, but... Um, it's really not ultimately about me. It's about the fact that their system's coming down. They know it. Right. You know, uh, so, but, you know, well, they've done really? everything. Taking my kids to sh- shutting down any employment, to making my but life complete hell. They tend to attack the people around me. Yep, sorry. They took yep. your children? That was years ago when I was a uh, United Church minister. They... Um, went to my wife and offered to pay for her divorce and get her to have the kids if she didn't that was exposing uncovering the first evidence of torture of children in Canadian Canadian schools that was back in 1995 yeah wow this is incredible well that's the thing I don't um, I don't have any people that I love or care about come over either so it's been almost two years, so I don't see them either. So, well, thank you both so much, and Kevin, keep up the good work and keep us posted on everything that's coming. I'll try to follow along, so we will know. Okay, thank you so much. And thank you. Yep. Bye bye. Okay, we'll see you next week, people. Bye. Feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left Yelling on the right I'm sitting in the middle trying to 